What's going on guys, your boy Chris here from Magic Distant FC, the go-to destination from everything related to Los Blancos. And thank you for joining me in today's discussion. We are going to be talking about the game that was Ramager 3, Girona 0. This was the second biggest test of the season so far. Girona have been leading the table and they haven't lost a single match this season until today. Uh, they are part of the City Group. The City Group are composed of 11 teams. Biggest teams are Manchester City, New York City, Girona, and among some other teams amongst other countries. They are known of practicing a very Guardiola-like football where, you know, possession is the main protagonist or is the main star. Honestly, they're good at football inside. Last year, uh, we lost against them when uh, Castillejo scored four goals on us. And then we also tied on the second leg of the season last season and the stats showed that we hadn't won against Girona since 2018 so this was a test not only because of the history but because of uh the way they've been playing the players they got they got some exciting players like um I believe his name was uh Silvino Silvao some a Brazilian winger they have Miguel Gutierrez who I believe still uh Real Madrid owns 50% of his rights if I'm not mistaken which honestly played a solid game there was a lot to show because our first biggest test was against Atletico Madrid, and we all know how that ended up being. Real Madrid lined up with, I think, the best 11. The best possible 11 that we could have lined up, I think Ancelotti did it. And yes, I, I, I'm also referring to Camavinga's left back. It's been seven games so far in La Liga, one with uh, Union Berlin, so eight games so far. The case study is over. Camavinga is probably still the, less, the best left back in the team. And today he showed why he's the le the best left back because he's a physical freak. Uh, he has an exquisite tackle. He's super fast. He's offensive. He's smart. He's technical. Like he has it all. And uh, he has youth, of course. And he's tireless. So it was a very strong side. We have Dani Carvajal back in the starting eleven. I think Carvajal showed why he's still you know the best right back in the in La Liga for sure. He just looks scary because I think any player that goes against Carvajal it just thinks on just thinks to themselves, yeah, I'm not getting past that guy. Fuck that. I ain't getting past that guy. And then Rudiger has been having a superb uh, start to the season as well. Rudiger has, uh, to me, one of the standouts of the game. He dominates the air. He intimidates the players. And he did really well today. And then Nacho, which we'll talk about way later, I also think he did pretty good. And in the midfield, it was just, um, you know, the Galacticos. Bellingham, Valverde, Cross in his position, Chouamini in his position. And I think once you have that going for Real Madrid, your chances go way up higher to just playing better and beating any team that's in front of you. And then up top, we have Vinicius Jr. and Jose Lu Airlines. Honestly, the first 20 minutes, it seemed pretty... It seemed pretty depressing because I do I still believe even though we won quite easily I still believe that um, Ancelotti just set he sets the team out naked like he's he he left us on the beach naked tactically speaking because uh, first twenty minutes we were getting dominated we couldn't pass our half we were sitting way too deep we were giving them too much time on the ball they had two early chances they had one post that was a header. And I believe they had another shot. But other than that, Girona didn't really do anything. It was a Real Madrid monologue. And I think that that speaks to the types of players that we have. Because we have players that are very good going doing the back and forth. Like Valverde, even Bellingham. Uh, Camavinga allows you to press a little bit higher. Chouamini, who's, who's just imperial today. He was imperial. He was the emperor of Madrid. After those first 20 minutes, when Real Madrid were playing at their worst, 
our goal came. And um, it was the first goal by Joselu, which was an uh, amazing goal. Still, he could have finished better, of course. I mean, a goal's a goal. Like, I'm not going to lie. But uh, I think the main the main thing about that goal was uh, Jude Bellingham's pass. I mean, hats off to Jude Bellingham because that pass, oh, my God, it, it just screamed prime uh, Luka Modric. He's, he's been training with Luka Modric for the past three months, like he pointed out after the game. And we could definitely see the the results of that and uh, the pass just it's just unreal nobody could have seen that pass and it was just perfect like the class that he he plays with it's absolutely insane we're playing a very good footballing side but a team that's never been at the top that's never had to uh defend a first place league title and sorry not title like a league run and they don't have the players that with that kind of experience either way so I think as soon as Real Madrid scored, they just like the world just came down on them and they just kind of like forgot how to play almost. Um, so it was it was kind of a shame, I, I guess, on their end and for their fans. But uh, Real Madrid, just some pure talent, just raw talent and just physical capabilities. Real Madrid just took the game by the horns and the rest was night night. And then Chamonix, like I've been saying, like Chamonix to me, it was men of the match. Jude Bellingham was given the men of the match, but to me it was uh, Adeline Chamonix. He was imperial, and he was uh, the one who made the second goal, which was an amazing uh, cross by uh, Tony Cross. Imperial Chamonix, first goal for Real Madrid, so it was, it's was it been a long time coming. After the goal, he just grew in confidence, his personality. I think that that persona, you know, he's kind of very similar to, to, to Jude Bellingham, where it could be confused with arrogance, but that highly confident uh, footballer, we saw him today, and I think... Uh, I think he's been dying for this moment. Like this moment has been dying and he came in at an important game. So it wasn't just like some throwaway game or or like the last goal on a, on a six game goal thriller or something like that. Real Madrid just basically died the game down after that. And uh, Girona didn't look much uh, dangerous after that. They, I think they barely had a shot afterwards. There was one good save, I think right before the half bite with Kepa. That was a really, really good save. But I think uh, everything that we wanted to see from Real Madrid today, I think we saw it. We saw an imperial defense. We saw a dominating midfield, a creative midfield, a goal-scoring Jose Luz, so our number nine is getting some goals. That's I believe that's four goals on X amount of games. I forget the amount of games we played, maybe nine. And uh, the only thing that was missing was probably Vinicius Jr. He had a very okay game. I, in the beginning, I think he tried to do like two plays with, with a lot of flair. And he saw that it wasn't really happening for him. And I, I believe he made a conscious decision. Okay, I'm just going to calm the fuck down. I'm going to just look for passes, slow it down. Like, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to argue with the ref that much because I know I'm I'm off my game. So I think that that was a wise decision. And Benicio just has to gain you know his confidence back, his that, that bit of inspiration that he had right before he got injured. I feel like he just needs to like gain it back little by little. And, you know, next game, it's against Napoli. So that's going to be a challenge on its own. And uh, I don't mind taking our time with Vinicius because we're not needing it. We will need it at some point. But, you know, we have players that can that can definitely uh, handle their own. Jude Bellingham had a good a good uh, chance in the, in the first half where he did a one-two with Vinny. He kind of like uh, did an eight on a player. An eight means that you basically... You do like kind of like a self pass to yourself uh, around the defender, and he got there with amazing speed, and uh, he lo- he almost looked like Brazilian Ronaldo, like on his prime. And he was one on one with the goalkeeper. He tried to finish with the outside of his foot, but the goalkeeper made a good save. So, yeah, guys, amazing performance by Real Madrid in the first half. Second half, I think um, 
I think Girona probably stepped up a little bit. Real Madrid, I think, stepped up a little bit as well. Once again, it was men against boys at the end of the day. We kept seeing dominant performance from Camavinga, stealing I don't know how many balls I lost count. Chamini also saw a lot of balls. Jude Bellingham, I mean, Valverde, everything. Like, we saw just a perfect a perfect performance but i would have also liked for real madrid to kind of go after the game a little bit more to be honest i think that's we're missing that thirst this real madrid tends to be more conservative and i believe that's because of ancelotti he doesn't give much to the team tactically so the team tends to like just be like hey we scored we we got our brilliance we got a brilliant moment in the game let's just could just kind of like chill and just touch the ball make time go by pretty much and if there's a chance that we can go in the counter we'll go in the counter but yeah let's talk about some of the subs some of the subs that we saw were uh, Lucas Vasquez in the midfield which I think it, it told a lot of, you know it told a lot to us today because Luka Modric's second game in a row where he, where he doesn't get any playing time I understood last game because you know you can get away with players resting. It was an easy game. Jude Bellingham rested, so it's like, hey, you know, the, our most important player is resting. So if Luka Modric is resting, it's cool. But today he didn't even feature. So I think Ancelotti is definitely sending a message to him. It, it was an important game, and he knows that sitting out players like Modric and Kroos, um, this is something that hurts their ego a lot. And I'm pretty sure Luka Modric is probably not happy with uh, with not playing today. And then uh, we also saw a, a Ceballos come in. So I guess he kind of took Modric's uh, spot for a moment. I think he did pretty good. Uh, the game was already over when he got in. He got some quite interesting touches. And then we saw Rodrigo come in for Joselu. And Rodrigo looked quite sharp. He, he's the, He's been a steady 7. Rodrigo has been a steady 7, 6.5, maybe 7.5 at times. And I think he came in. As expected, he had a chance to score. You know, it wasn't super clear like in like in some other games, but he did not score. So he's still not being quite lucky in front of goal. Daim Diaz also came in. He had interesting touches. He had good dynamic sprints from time to time, but he came in, I believe, in the 86th minute. So I think Ancelotti did a little bit dirty there. I think Daim Diaz deserves just a little more uh, game time. And uh, especially after last game where he scored and he had a, a really good game and he was the first one to come off. So I believe he should play a lot more. So of course, Jude Bellingham scored his seventh goal of the season. He also had an assist. So that makes an absolute monster of a record. He has uh, seven goals in nine games, which is absolutely insane. And his goal, I think, uh, was beautiful. It was uh, the, the instinct that he has to be on the right spot, to hit it, uh, to hit the ball just in any way that comes low, high, middle, bouncy, not bouncy, air ball, like whatever it is, he's going to score it. Like a sitter, whatever, he's going to score. And the architect of that goal to me was um, Charmini. He had an amazing tackle where he intercepted the ball and uh, he, ba he's, he basically led the play. He gave it out to Joselu, Joselu uh, hits and then he bounces off and then he hits Bellingham and then... Even though the assist goes to Joselu, which assists and a goal, that's pretty good. I think Chamonix was the architect of that play. So Imperial Chamonix, Rudiger's the boss, Camavinga, left back performance of a lifetime. Cross uh, just orchestrating the game really well. And then Valverde doing his thing. So I think I think we have to be happy with this Real Madrid performance. The only thing we're missing is just Vinny hitting his Ballon d'Or form, which I know I know he'll get there. But yeah, I think Carleto, don't fuck around. Like just dude, stick to this formation, stick to this uh, personnel, and it's gonna go well. I know you're not. I know you're not into tactics, so might as well put the best people in their positions, and you know let's 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 get it. And the uh, last play that I want to talk about in this game was the Nacho tackle. There's some rumors that are going on that 
are saying that he's going to be missing for about three games. And honestly, the tackle was was dirty. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was super, super dirty. A player shouldn't make that tackle, especially when your team is winning 3-0. And we know Nacho. Like, Nacho doesn't get talked about a lot, but Nacho... You know he's a little bit on the hot side. He's uh some he gets uh, he gets a temper. Obviously he's not in the headlines a lot because he doesn't have a journalist friend that he leaks to the press and he you know he's not in the tabloids because he's just calm. He's just a, he's just a Madridista as he's born. He trains. He plays. He waits to be put on. He performs. He does good. You know what I mean? He doesn't dress funny. He doesn't. He probably doesn't listen to crazy music. Nacho just seems like a like a nice guy who gets heated heated in the game. And he really feels the shirt. And um, yeah, horrible tackle, straight red. I mean, you can't really argue that. And it is what it is. So we're probably going to be seeing uh, as center backs. The only one we have uh, available right now is Rudiger. So for sure, the next two games, we might see Rudiger and Chouamini or Rudiger uh, for Lang Mendy or maybe someone from La Cantera to... Um, to fill in that role and that's exactly what well we're gonna have to wait and see so let me know what you guys thought about this game let me know if you guys co-signed this lineup i think it's a solid lineup uh do you guys co-sign kamabinga's left back i know i know kamabinga is like we feel bad whenever he plays left back because we're like man if you could just get a few games going in the midfield he's set but right now we have a super populated midfield and we and we we don't exactly have a superstar left back so Honestly, I don't mind Camavinga left back this season till the end, until we bring up Alfonso Davies or a player like that, and then Kroos and Modric kind of come in, and then Camavinga becomes that natural successor to one of those spots in the midfield. So, let me know your thoughts. Make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts down below, and see you guys on the next Ala Madrid.